So if you could be here around nine, that would be great. Okay. Well, listen here. Hello, and welcome to Love After Lockup, Ha Ha Okay. I'm Miss H, and today Mr. O and I will be talking about Life After Lockup, Season 3, Episode 2. This week, Sean gets harassed by an inflatable unicorn, Chevelle deletes Quaylen's phone number, Lindsay confronts Scott about his creepy behavior, Lamar and Priscilla meet Shantae while Tennyson embarrasses Andrea, and Michael thinks that Sarah drops in to get some. If you like what you hear, please support us by subscribing and leaving a five-star rating or any other constructive comments are welcome. And if you watch 90 Day Fiancé, check out our other podcast channel, 90 Day MK, Teachable Moments with Miss H and Mr. O. Thanks, stay safe, and enjoy. Hello, Miss H. Hello, Mr. O. How are you doing for this third time I'm asking you? Oh, gosh. Um... <laughs> Doing pretty good. We're having technical difficulties right now. <laughs> we'll get, we'll get, we'll get through those. Hopefully, we'll see like people. Who, but we're not having as many difficulties as many of the people in the show, right? No, no, they're definitely having way more difficulties than we are. So let's start with Chevelle, who actually had technology on her segment. So good. Oh, okay. All right, Chevelle is hanging out with some family members and tells her mom Sylvia that Quaylen's been trying to call her again. So it kind of comes out that it's been a little while since their confrontation from last episode. And Chevelle told us that she hasn't heard from him in days. And last he heard, he was headed back to Texas. She tells her mom that she's not interested in going down that road with him again. Sylvia says that's good because getting back together with him would be uh, pretty dumb. Because fool me once, shame on you. But fool you, fool me twice, shame on me. So we get some... but. She's still not convinced that Chevelle's really done with Quaylen, so she wants to bring in some backup, and she brings in D-Mark, her cousin. Now, he's the yes. cousin that gave Quaylen the, the what for last season and said they would, wouldn't even last 90 days. <laughs> so D-Mark says that he immediately, when he met Quaylen, saw through all the jail talk that Quaylen was spouting before because he had been there himself. DeMarc had been in, in, incarcerated himself and says that when you're in jail, you kind of have to tell everyone on the outside what they want to hear so they can get you what you want. He said he did it. Then he kind of goes on to a pressing question to um, Chevelle and says, if you're so done with this guy, why is his number still on your phone? Excellent point. He says, he says if you're still on your phone, you're not done. If you were done, you'd be done. So he suspects that it's because she's really not done. So Sylvia and DeMarc get her to delete the number right there at the table. She hedges in an interview about still having a place in her heart for Quaylen, and both DeMarc and Sylvia think it's seem to think it's only a matter of time until he's he's back into the contacts on her phone. Of course, Sylvia throws in that, you know, the best way to get over him is to get on top of another man, which I'll remind you, that's her mom that said that God. to her. Oh mom. All right. So, yeah, I mean, I mean, very you you and DeMarc come from very different backgrounds and places, it seems, but you still have the same uh, theories. That is definitely something a Miss H thing would say. It was like, if he's still on your phone, you're not done with him. Oh, I know. I do always say that. Um, yeah, I mean, OK, so I will cite from the it's called a breakup because it's broken, uh, brought to you by the people who wrote uh, he's just not that into you. One of the things they say is after a breakup, you almost have to kind of stop cold turkey, really cut off communication. They say for at least 30 days. 
Um, I am of that mindset, and I think I even take it a little bit further. I tend to block them. And I think that's more of like uh, my mental state is I don't wanna worry or think about if they're gonna reach out to me. Me reaching out to them, pretty mm -hmm. easy. I can control that, right? I'm not gonna reach out right. to them. That's not the issue. But I don't wanna have to think about, are they gonna reach out to me? Are they messaging me? What if they still wanna get back together again? What if they still care? I don't wanna think about that at all. So usually I block people. Aren't you more likely to think about that if you have blocked somebody? Cause then you wouldn't no. know if they try to get in touch with you. See, but that's the thing is like, it's all the same then, you know, if you block someone, it's kind of like if they message you or didn't message you, you wouldn't know. So you might as well just assume that they're not messaging you. Right, well, I mean, doesn't it, I, having, you know, thankfully never been blocked by anybody, <laughs> Like, they don't actually get to send the message, right? Like, if they try right. to send it, it, it says you've been blocked by this person, doesn't it? Uh, that's a good question. Um, I think it'll still say delivered, I want to say. And then you just don't know if, you know. Yeah, so I don't know. Yeah, I don't know how, I don't know how the other end of a block works. Is it just like a shadow block? Is it just you send a message off to the ether and it's just never, you just never yeah. get a response? Or does yeah. like. Or does it say, no, 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 this person blocked you? Like, the No, it doesn't give you any specific messages saying that someone's blocked you. It, If you text, it, yeah, I think it just kind of goes out into the nothingness. Uh, because I think I've heard of situations where, you know, you've unblocked someone and all of a sudden, like, random messages kind of go through from when they were blocked. And mm. I think it depends on how long of a time has gone between you blocking and unblocking them. Because I think it only stays on the system for so long before it just, like deletes sure. itself yeah but i think when you call someone that's a better indicator if you've been blocked or not because you'll get some generic message because you won't get their voicemail message it'll give you something along the lines of this person can't be reached at the number you've dialed or something right so it's a little bit more obvious i think if you try to call them as opposed to texting them because and that's the other thing too because that's i was just thinking that with this situation right they weren't, I don't think they're overly worried about him contacting, I mean, her contacting him. They're right. worried about like, oh no, he's going to weasel his way on back. Like, so he's going to get in touch with you. Honestly, this is what you have to do. You have to block them and then delete them. Because it'll still show up in your blocked numbers. Like it'll still block them, but then you can't call them, you know? So it's like, almost right. like you know, handcuffing yourself to some object to get you from going somewhere, right? Uh -huh. You're really, it's like putting yourself kind of in this prison. It's like, cause you can't trust yourself. You can't trust your own self-control. Yeah, Chevelle I mean, cannot that, trust her own self-control. Yeah, if she wants to, and they both knew it. If she wants to figure out what that number is again, she'll figure out what the number is again. Right, like, right. Like, and, 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 but that's my, but my thing is she's gonna figure out what that number is again, because like, it's gonna be a couple days and she's gonna get like one of those, you up? Oh God, I know. Yeah, exactly. And she's gonna know who that is. Like, and I, oh, there's the number again. I got it. Right, right. The booty call hour now. Yeah, yes. Yeah, uh -huh. so, uh, but I don't know. I kind of feel like with their storyline, it's very like, this isn't just limited to 
prison relationships. Yeah. Although I thought it was very insightful that DeMarc was kind of saying, oh, yeah, I've said stuff like that. I had a prison girlfriend. It's kind of like, listen to your prison cousin. <laughs> Right. He clearly knows. He clearly knows. And he was like, he's like, I know how it is. You say whatever you want to get what you need. Like it's, and he was like, like, I'm not proud of it, but yeah, I did the same thing. Yeah. I know. I like D-Mark keeping it real. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's very uh, animated. He's a very animated talker, which is good because there's a lot of people who are just mumblers and, but he, I like the, I like him. Yes, I do too. All right, moving on to people we probably don't like as much, uh, Sean and Destiny. (laughs) So Destiny gets released from the hospital about 18 hours later. She starts to tell us what went on at the hospital, but then she is interrupted by a text from Sean. Destiny tells us that Sean has called or messaged her at least 60 times since she was in the hospital, and she just really needs her space right now. She drives to her sister's house in California, and we finally get to hear about the hospital visit. We find out that she had an inflamed intestine, and she received an IV drip. She is definitely not pregnant, and she is absolutely relieved. Destiny found out that Sean was lying about talking to Kelly and he had deleted her as a contact but lied about the number and she saw that she was getting a, he was getting a call from a mystery number and he said it was Hector. But then Destiny called the number and found out that it was really Kelly and they had been talking at least five times a day. Back in Vegas, Sean is swimming with the inflatable unicorn and he's worried that Destiny is pregnant. He tells us he got a phone call from his credit card asking if he was making charges in California. So Sean believes that Destiny is in California, and so then he calls her sister Brittany. He tells Brittany that Destiny took all of her stuff and he hasn't heard from her, so now he's worried. He asks if uh, Brittany has come over and, you know, maybe he could come over and visit and they could look for uh, Destiny together. He once again brings up the $50,000 bond because he could still potentially lose the money if Destiny doesn't show up to court. Brittany tells him that Destiny will probably call when she's ready and she will ask her to call if uh, Brittany hears from her. All right, so Destiny, uh, maybe this is the reason why she ran in the first place was the fact that, you know, Sean is clearly lying to her and talking to Kelly still. Yeah. Okay. But five times a day, what on earth are they talking about? Five times a day is ridiculous. Like, yeah, it's we don't even talk five times a day. <laughs> I don't talk. I, when's the last time I talked on the phone five times a day to like anyone? Add them all up. Like, that's crazy. I mean, I guess he's just a little bit older than us. But I feel like, no, but wait, aren't you? Why shouldn't you be texting Kelly? Like, like that makes more sense to me. Yeah. Even that is like. Yeah, that's 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 beyond because we have mentioned, you know, how how often is too often with the thing. And I was like, I'm like, it's not unreasonable if you're co-parenting somebody to have like once a day, like especially if you're organizing stuff, that seems pretty reasonable. But this dude seems like he's talking to her like for literally probably like and it don't seem like they're like short conversations like, oh, you're getting the kids. Oh, so and so needs picked up today. Like. It's that like he's actually having like conversations with her. Oh yeah, like, for sure. For like hours of the day, right? Right. Yeah. And so I would be super suspicious, and I would actually be super pissed too. You know, it's like the last thing we really saw uh, with Sean was him 
uh, you know, with that restaurant conversation with Kelly and Destiny, and he's telling Destiny that he thinks it's disrespectful that he talks to Kelly as often as he does. So he's admitting that there isn't something completely right about that, and he wants to respect, like, how she views that. And so he says he's not going to talk to her, at, you know, he says at all, which I think is unreasonable, but it's like... He's not even willing to kind of, you know, just be like, okay, well, let's just set some boundaries. Right. Because he does he has no backbone like, to no. anybody. Like, whoever asks him something, he's going to be like, oh, okay, we'll do that. So, yeah. like, because I, I, and, and I do get where Destiny's coming from. It does kind of seem like Kelly is just like, now I'm going to call him five times a day. You thought he was yours? Yeah. He's going to answer my phone call five times a day. Right. 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 Um, and so I get where she's coming from if she's like, because I feel like she would kind of do the same thing to somebody she right. was mad about. Oh, yeah, but, for sure she would. But I mean, OK, but you also have to remember, too, that Sean just I don't know. He has this compulsive use of the phone, I guess, because when he's checking on her, she's like, he called me 60 times. Yeah. Like, All right. Well, you know, after call like four that she's just not picking up on purpose like you know that's the thing like she'll yeah get back to you when she's ready but yeah and because i almost feel like it was the wrong way and that's the thing that the kind of mistake sean makes he's like oh i'll never talk to her again so if he's gonna break that promise already which he is gonna break that promise already because you're gonna yeah. talk to her like now you now it's like well what's the incentive to not talk to her the same amount you were talking to her before Right, like, right. You know, but if you were like, oh, no, we'll just talk. We'll just probably talk about once a day and we'll keep it, you know, about the kids and we'll only talk for like a half hour, like total, which is still a yeah. lot. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, then, you know, I feel like that was that's kind of a promise he might be able to live up to because he makes these promises that you just can't keep because he promises everything. Yeah. Right, exactly. I kind of feel like it's one of those things where you're like, OK, well, I'm going to just quit chocolate. I'm never going to eat chocolate again. Right. And then it's just like, well, is that super reasonable if you're eating chocolate like five times a day? Yeah. You know, and so to go from one extreme to another, it's like, OK, well, why don't you clearly have a problem if you're eating that much chocolate? But like, why don't we just set some boundaries? Right. And it's just like he's not. He's going from one extreme to the absolute yeah. other. I, mean, I, would, I, would even like, go, I would even go farther. It's like he's just like, well, I'm going to stop eating food. And it's like, oh, OK, you're not going to stop eating food. So why right. would you make that promise? Like, yeah, even like like I eat too much chocolate. So I'm just going to stop eating food altogether. And you're like, OK, well, that's not going to work. But then you have that mental thing once you've broken that promise you're like well i might as well eat all the chocolate now right <laughs> yeah yeah definitely oh sean he's just not smart but i mean how many times have we said this uh what oh, i thought was God. hilarious was <laughs> the unicorn in the pool how it kept on like nudging him <laughs> oh my god he kept pushing it away and it kept coming back i was like dude yeah. lift it out of the pool and like we talk about how dumb he is but he's so why why would he think Britney would tell him the truth? Like I know. Why would he think Britney be like, "Oh yeah, she's right here." Like right. even if she was there, you got to think like one step ahead, guy, and be like, yeah. "If my yeah. if my if my wife or fiance ran away and went to her sister to get away from me and is not calling me, like do I think my sis her sister would snitch on her? Of course not. Like no. No. Nah. Yeah, but I think like he kind of feels like Britney is somehow on his side because remember the last time he saw Britney, it was a whole kumbaya like family moment where they're all hugging and like, welcome to the family. So I kind of feel like he has a very misguided sense of, you know, she would have lo loyalty to him in some way. Uh -huh. 
Sure. All right. So let's go. I Let's just go to Sarah Michael. Oh, oh gosh. Actually, it's funny oh, because gosh. I like this one because I have this on my notes. I have Sarah slash Michael slash various hoes. Oh, gosh. <laughs> yeah. So Sarah, we start with Sarah and she's talking to Malcolm about how she wants to go and have a conversation with Michael before their court date the next day. Kind of a mystery what it is. Um, Malcolm just says he doesn't want to be the guy that's caught in the middle of anything. So Sarah just pulls a Michael and just pops up into his hotel room. Uh, the court case turns out is going to be regarding custody. She's suing for full custody. Um, and Michael, instead of realizing that that's what she came to talk about, eh, seems to be holding on some hope that she just popped in for a hookup. Oh, God. So what, what Michael thinks everything is a hookup is what it of comes course, down to. Um, sure. So Michael knows about the court date tomorrow because he got the papers, but he hasn't mentioned it to Sarah um, at all. And he doesn't think like that she's trying to take his kids by getting full custody. Michael tells us that what he what tells her and us that what he wants is 50-50 custody, which she immediately shakes her head at. She's like, you can't have 50-50 custody if you live in Miami. They have a little back and forth um, about talking to the kids on the phone. And ultimately, Michael just says, we don't have to have this conversation now because court tomorrow is going to decide it. So when Sarah leaves, um, he immediately takes off his shirt and gets God. on the phone to flirt with some random girl he's oh. kicking it with. So gross. Oh, man. Just immediately. And kicking it. He, the way he says kicking it. Oh, my. They, there was a lot of gross Michael on this show. They really yeah, leaned into was. it. Yeah, there was. I feel of, like he tries Yeah. To well, be speaking gross. of is the commercial segment, which is just Michael bragging about his skills in the bedroom. They splice in footage of him making out pretty much with just Maria. Uh, and I guess maybe somebody else we've seen him with as he talks about his devil dick. That God. possesses them and makes them levitate. So gross. So, so there was gross. that. Very, very good. Okay, we'll get, we'll come back to that. I'm probably going to come back to that, like, as my question. Yeah. But then we see Michael on um, a date with this friend, Haley, um, that he's lying to, um, that he's been kicking it with for, like, a year. It's just one of the various hoes he has on his phone all the time, right? Sure. So... He describes, um, you know, he, he lie. He's basically lie. Everything he says to her is a lie. He describes Malcolm um, as someone Sarah had just met and neglected to mention that um, the reason they met at the party was because he didn't. He ignored all her phone calls when she was trying to set up a meeting before that. Uh, but he totally turns on the charm, says he's single, single again, still lying because they're technically not divorced. And they hang out the bar, bar for a little bit before they go to leave to clear their heads, a.k.a. have sex. Oh, right? God. Oh, God. That was the other thing he said. He said literally. Oh, my God. Oh, oh. so <laughs> gross. Just like. He's so gross. Okay, so you know how I feel about people that brag about their skills in the bedroom, right? Ugh. Right? It's almost always, to me, indicative of someone who is probably not that good in the bedroom. Yes, is totally overcompensating. And yeah. that just wouldn't surprise me at all about Michael, right? Yeah. I mean, he, it's just, I mean, th such weird, gross detail. Oh, and like, you missed the first season. Oh, so I can't remember if you knew, but he took Megan's virginity, supposedly. Right. And he made some comment about her being a gusher or something. And oh, it was no, he said that so this time. He said something about this this time. Disgusting. Yeah. It's like, oh my gosh. It is, I mean, yeah, it's just so... 
so too much, like too too much, like and yeah. well, he's and you can see the way he says it and the way he talks about it, and that's the kind of thing he is like with Sarah, right? Because it, it it's that same kind of attitude is like, oh, if I decide somebody's out, they're out, right? Yeah. If I decide, oh, God, and basically, so he seems to be that cocky, just being like, oh, I'm so good in bed that women will just do whatever for me, like they'll come and get it. It's like I don't. I don't think that's the way it works, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, I do think there is something to be said about, um, you know, just uh, confidence. I sure. mean, I see definitely the situation as just arrogance, which is super unattractive to me. But I mean, there are definitely people out there that read his confidence, read it as confidence. And it is attractive to people to, mm-hmm. you know, oh, have yeah. someone and- who is confident. I'm not saying that the dude does well. I mean, he gets, oh, yeah. he, he, he Especially does Especially Haley. Yeah. Haley's super cute. Yeah. So it's not like, it, I mean, I definitely can see, and it, I, he can definitely be charming, right? And it's like, Ugh. to the a certain person. The way he was looking at Sarah the entire time. Oh, yeah. Like he when was she like, was over, he was like giving her the like, come do me eyes. And it's yeah. just like, gross. Stop looking at her like that. Yeah, but that's that's another thing. He just he 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 just can't see. It, it seems like it's really hard for him him to see women as anything but like sexual toys. Like that's it. That's all he's looking for. Yeah, it's so disgusting. Yeah, gross. It really is. And he's like wants his two daughters. But that's the other thing too. Okay, what is his friggin' pipe dream about fifty fifty custody? He does not want fifty fifty custody. Oh no, he has. He has doesn't. no idea what he's. Like even if he if he got it he would give it back immediately. Like, right. Like, I feel like it's one of those things where he does identify with being a dad. Right. right? And it, it definitely seems like that's something he leads with when he's talking with his quote hoes, you know. And so I kind of feel like, you know, part of being uh you know, identifying as a dad is, you know, trying to be the best you can be, right? Being the best dad. And right. so it somehow looks good on him if he has 50-50 custody. So I don't think he really wants it, but I think that, I, yeah. you know, it's it's an indicator that he's a good father if he does have it. Oh, I think the best case scenario for him is right now, like in terms of getting oh, yeah. sympathy with from the women is him being like, yeah. I just want to be a good dad and my crazy ex won't let me be near my kids and right. she's just nuts and crazy and I'm just trying to do my best and aren't I a good dad? That way he doesn't have to have to take care of any kids. Right, right. He, first of all, like doesn't have to schedule it. You can't just be go kicking it with people all the time when you have yeah. kids in your house, right? right. That's out of that. That's, that's off the table. Actually, that's so funny. I just remembered about, (laughs) we were, I texted you about this too, about Uh uh, he was actually recently um, arrested for child neglect. And so it ends up that he was taking care of a five-year-old boy and he left to go get, quote, gummy snacks. So he leaves the boy at the beach. This is down in Miami. And I think he was gone for some absurd amount of time, like six or seven hours. And so just the hotel guests were just seeing this kid like walk in, walk out, walk in by himself the whole time. And then uh, basically Michael got arrested for like child neglect because he left this kid unattended for like six or seven hours. He claimed he had to go to the good store to go get gummy snacks. And then he said like his car broke down or something when he went to the gummy snacks. 
course he always had excuses, right? That's of he course. always has excuses. Sure, sure. But, that's, but, but this that, poor kid was like yeah. freezing. You know, he like didn't have a shirt because he was out at the beach and he was starving. The poor kid was starving. What did gummy snacks have his gummy snacks hours ago? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So clearly he was not meant to be a caregiver. Right, right. But he 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 definitely works he works he works his angles like he really does. Yeah. All right, let's go back to the devil dick comment. Okay. Is this something that you know of? Does this have meaning I mean, to you? I get what he's saying. I mean it did it I've never heard it before. Right? No, I haven't either. But when he said it and it's like, oh, it's like a devil dick because it has him possessed, and then you picture like People who are possessed and they're like shaking and their eyes are rolling back in their head and like things like oh, that. And you're like, gross. oh, yeah. I did not see it that way at all. That is very graphic, Mr. O. The way I took it was, uh, you know, it's bad for you, but you do it anyway because the temptation. Oh, neat. So, no, I was like, I was like, because he said, I'll make him levitate. Like that, that was the part that oh, was like, gross. oh, he means like. Ugh. He's describing like them in the bed. And then he's like, and when they're done, I sprinkle holy water on them. Like. That's what he said. So that that's what oh, that was my interpretation of it. Getting grosser by the moment. Oh, so disgusting. <laughs> okay, so Sarah also says that you know the last time she had sex with Michael was closure sex, and it's just like no, that's not how it works at all. Like I think Sex in the City sums it up pretty well. Like never have sex with an ex because if it's good. You don't have it anymore. And if it's bad, you just had sex with an ex. <laughs> I guess. Yeah, I don't. I mean, it just seems like there are certain people where it's like, even if it, we you could have sex, you're like, this would be a bad idea. I don't see how this would in the future end up any better at all. Like, so yeah. why even like why even make the moves? I don't get it. Like, yeah. yeah, but I agree. Closure sex is just something she just made up. <laughs> right. Wasn't. That's not a thing. Not a oh, thing. Also, a quick life lesson. Well, I guess just a lesson in general. Grammar lesson. Okay. Okay. So I always watch these shows with the um, the subtitles on, and I've noticed the last couple episodes they keep on saying like uh, Michael captioning him as Finna. Oh yeah, no Finna's a thing. Finna's a word. I've never even heard of that yeah. before. So Finna means yeah. like it's like fixing to. Yeah. Yeah. So. I wasn't, I, well, if it was just me, I was like, oh, that's, that's new. It's something that's from the, what do they call it? AAVE, African-American Vernacular English. Is, oh, okay. Is where that comes from. Yeah. So. Yeah. All right. Uh, so let's move on to Lamar and we'll start off with Lamar and Priscilla. So Lamar and Priscilla are on their way to meet up with Lamar's daughter, Shante, when uh, Andrea calls. She's calling Lamar from a house she is selling and she asks him what they're doing. Lamar lies and says they're making snacks and hanging out, and Priscilla stares at him wide-eyed in apparent disbelief of the blatant lie. She reluctantly piggy swears with Lamar that she won't tell Andrea about the meetup. Priscilla asks why mom is some type of way about his side of the family. Lamar tells her that, you know, her mom's just trying to protect her and not expose her too early. They meet up with Shante at a pier by the beach, and Lamar quickly excuses himself so he can get them ice cream. Priscilla is a bit shy, but they talk about Priscilla's family tree project. Shantae tells us that she grew up without knowing her dad, and that hurt because she missed out and it made her question who she was. Priscilla tells Shantae that Lamar is a good dad, but she didn't get to see him much too because he was in prison for most of her life. 
Shantae is thankful for being able to reconnect with her dad. Shantae tells Lamar that she's a bit jealous of Priscilla because Priscilla gets to have her dad, and she thinks that he needs to talk to Andrea about allowing them to spend more time together. Priscilla likes Shantae and thinks she's pretty and nice, and Lamar doesn't want to keep the sisters apart anymore. Meanwhile, Tennyson and Andrea are in the car, and Andrea is telling Tennyson that she's worried about him because he's become a different person, namely one who is, has no interest in going on a Mormon mission now that he's 18. Tennyson says that he still wants to go, but feels that right now is just not the right time. Andrea believes that it's because they are in LA, so Andrea takes Tennyson to meet with Pastor Matt, a mission prep teacher. Tennyson has been learning Chinese, so he is hoping that he would be going to China, but Andrea wants Tennyson to go to Ghana since that is their heritage. Tennyson voices concerns about Andrea's yelling and how that affects his sisters. Andrea insists that they won't abuse Priscilla, and she didn't realize that Tennyson felt so strongly about their home life. Tennyson gets frustrated that Andrea doesn't seem to hear what he is saying, so he gets up to step outside, and Andrea runs after him, saying that he's embarrassing her in front of Pastor Matt. Andrea asks if he thinks the family is that messed up, and Tennyson says yes, and her behavior isn't making him think otherwise. Tennyson says he's not questioning his faith, he's just worried about their home life and focusing on the mission while that is all going on. Andrea orders him to go back and apologize to Matt. In an interview, Andrea tells us that Tennyson will be going on that mission. Okay, so this is kind of the first we've really heard about Tennyson being this concerned. Mm -hmm. So what exactly do you think Tennyson is concerned about in their home life that he's scared to leave Priscilla, even with Nyla there? I think, I mean, I think what he's scared of is the same thing that Lamar is scared of. Like mm -hmm. you have this Lamar, this dude who grew up in tough, you know, went to prison mm -hmm. and he's like, Shh, we can't tell your mom about your sister. We have to be careful. Yeah, right. right. Even he is like protecting of what's going on from her wrath. Cause if she gets mad, it's like, it's hell for everybody. Right. Yeah. And it's like, and she's, I, I have no doubt. I, I, she's not physically abusive or anything, no, but no. it's just like, everybody has to be on their friggin' tiptoes around her on eggshells yeah. all the time because she'll just explode out of nowhere and start, you know, yelling and hollering and, like, telling people they're going to hell and you're breaking my heart. <laughs> and, like, like she lays on the guilt really thick. Like, Oh, yeah. I mean, I definitely feel for him because I feel like Andrea reminds me a lot of my mom. You know, my mom is definitely one of those people who emotionally blackmails, you know, and will do the whole guilt trip thing, right? And my dad never really stood up to her. So it very much was a situation where, you know, the family was constantly on edge. You know, we never knew what mood she was going to be in. And it was like, if she was in a bad mood, you know, it's like we had to do everything to make her happy. So even to this day, like my dad, I'll tell something to my dad, you know, and he'll be like, well, I'm just not going to tell your mom that, you know, it's because he doesn't want her to be upset. And so it's just like, you know, I, I don't know, like what the answer to that is, because, you know, obviously I've kind of gone through that, too. But no, I can kind of relate well, to that it, situation. It, it seems to Tennyson the answer is like, I'm going to just like block you out. I'm going to like run interference as much as I can until my sisters can get out like that. That seems to be why he doesn't want to go on the mission. Like, I need to be there because they are not going to be able to emotionally handle you. I, he's like, I feel like I 
he has to be like stronger to, enough to protect them because they won't be able to do it. Like, and, and I think he was right. Like her behavior right there. Like mm-hmm. he told her something, her very concerns. And what was her response? Was her response, oh my God, let's talk about this. Why do you feel this way? Or was it, you embarrassed me in front of Pastor Matt? I know, right? Like, Everything embar- is so self-centered with her. Yeah, you embarrassed me. And he's like, yeah. his response is, you literally embarrass me every day and every second <laughs> of my life. And you're talking about, I'm embarrassed you? Like, like yeah. And, and, and the fact that like, she came out and said, you're going to go apologize to, to Matt. And he's like, I didn't do any, he didn't do anything to Matt. Right. Like th- Matt was there to talk about like his, you know, why he might or might not be going on the mission. And he was honest with him. Like, and I know we do that thing where we say just because it was honest doesn't mean it wasn't wrong. <laughs> right? right. But in this case, it was literally like a thing. He was like, if, if you're, if you're him and Han, you're, and you're on the fence about going on this mission, you need to actually, if he's going to help you, you have to let the guy know the reasons that you might not go on the mission. Right. But I mean, to Andrea's like point, though, if Tennyson really does want to go on this mission, I don't see how waiting is really going to make a difference because Priscilla is so young that, you know, by the time Tennyson is like out of the range of missions, like because I think it's like to 26, right? I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, it's not going to be. She's only five. It would be another another 10 12 years before he would yeah he, like yeah. he's he's gonna be too old to go on a mission at that point and mm-hmm. so it's kind of like you know now is his best time as any like i don't think waiting is going to do anything and i kind of feel like at this point i know it's tough for him and it's very honorable and noble of him to want to be there to protect you know his family but at some point it's like you kind of almost have to be a little bit selfish and do the things that you know are going to help you grow mm-hmm. and i could say that from experience because you know like when i i have a younger sister and when i went to college i was concerned about you know my sister being kind of in that household and things got really bad you know when i left the house and my sister you know when she was old enough which was a year later, because my sister's only a year younger than me. Uh, a year later, she ended up moving out and having a really, really bad relationship with my parents for a couple years because of all the stuff that happened when I was gone. Mm-hmm. You know, but it was like I I left because I was going to school. So it's one of those things where it's like y- you almost have to be selfish. I mean, everyone kind of turned out okay in the end. It's fine, but right. you know, it's 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 a difficult decision, and I I. I very much relate to what's going on here. Yeah, I, I, I can hear you. So, I mean, it's just like, and it's, I, I don't think she's wrong that a lot of Tennyson's kind of change in behavior is mm-hmm. because of L.A., but it's, I, I feel like it's more because when she got to L.A., yes. she got very, she changed. And like right. now dealing with Agreed. her was completely different. Yeah. Right, because yeah. everything is you're out oh you're not dead i can't believe i failed my children that were living in the ghetto and yeah. you're living in the and she's like that kind of thing and she's like paranoid and worried and like yelling at everybody all the time it's just like right. and then and then everything else everything that goes wrong is somebody else's fault now because she can blame everything on because we moved to la it's because we yeah. moved to la this is because we moved yeah. to la all right she's just so exhausting she okay is. so what did you think about like Shante, like I thought it was really sweet how she was with Priscilla and it makes me really upset and sad that Andrea just like didn't even take the opportunity to get to know Shante. Like that's her stepdaughter. Right. 
But uh, yeah, that uh, that's crazy to me. Like the, the the idea of it, this stepdaughter and, and her father would like to reconnect and mm-hmm. are trying to have the relationship that they never had. And you're going to step in between in the middle of that. That's absurd. Yeah. Like that's right. ridiculous to me. Like that's, yeah. we, you know, I'm always I'm definitely, we need more love in the world. And if two people are trying to make a relationship, like we're, don't, what are you doing? Stopping yeah. it. Like, and I totally get, you know, it is hard for Shantae. And like, I definitely have known people where, where there's situations like that. And you're like, and it's really, really hard to be like, this is unfair. Why does she get to have a dad? Right. Yeah. And I didn't get to have a dad. And the right. fact that she's willing to like bridge that gap and she's a big enough person to rec- also recognize that it's not the five year old's fault that she didn't grow up with the dad. Right. Yeah. And to make those out to make those outreaches being super sweet with her. Yeah. I, I was a real big fan of Shantae. Oh, yeah. I was going to say she's a perfectly pleasant person and it really upsets right. me that Andrea yeah. because it's hasn't not... even gotten to know her enough to know that she's a perfectly pleasant person. Yeah. It's not like she's a crazy like person that's gonna like bring all kinds of terrible things to her family but she thinks she is like yeah so i don't know it's it's just the right the right word for andrea is just exhausting god yes she is all right so i guess more exhausting scott and Lindsay. oh gosh so the fight from last week is still going on we know that scott's been snooping around and trying to find i don't know evidence of something we, we, we're not even quite sure what he's looking for. But uh, but Lindsay has seen a Facebook message that she sent to one of her exes, who I believe she said was like an ex she dated like like as a teenager, like a really yeah. long time ago ex. Yeah. Anyway, in the messages, um, Scott tries way too hard to come off as like cool or hip. I don't know, something. Eh. It tr- it's clearly trying hard, suggesting that the only reasons to break up are because either the sex is lame or because she's a psycho. He doesn't really have much to say. He doesn't have much to say about that besides it being a guy thing. And she says he's compulsed, her words, to go through her stuff because, um, but he says he's just worried about um, her being in it for the right reasons, which she thinks is unfair because she chose him over pen pals in prison or something. I don't know. That she... She's like, I'm here for you. Maybe I should value if you're here in the right place. I don't know. Anyway, it, once the interviews start, he has a lot more backbone. And that he's he, he says he's looking for things from her past isn't weird at all. And then he brings up the book quote thing from last season, which is, you know, questionable. Anyway, back in the fight. He says um, he talks about how little attention she's been giving him before she slams the bedroom door and he goes out to have a cigarette. Next, we see her. Well, we see them in this weird situation where she's talking on her phone in the front yard and he's talking on his phone in the backyard. Nobody's <laughs> nobody's in the house for some reason. Anyway, when we see Lindsay in the front yard, she's venting to Tara Bell on the phone. She's frustrated and overwhelmed that's, that all Scott does is look for the negative in her, just like he's just looking for the other shoe that's going to drop. Tara Bell thinks, she's, um, thinks that he thinks she's a gold-digging whore. Lindsay wonders why he even thinks that because he doesn't have any money to dig. Yeah. She says that the only thing she knows about, and, and, and then she kind of goes, well, I don't know much about him. The only thing I know about him is that his son died. So that now she's, um, and she's really looking forward to terrible moving in because then she can run away to the trailer when she gets, starts feeling like this. But at the end of the day, she thinks maybe it's time to give Scott, Scott a taste of his own medicine and look for the dark secrets in his past. But anyway, at the same time, Scott is 
pacing his overgrown backyard talking to his friend Ed. <laughs> so I cut the mobile. Mo- mo- what I are you know, doing? Move along. <laughs> he rationalizes everything that he's been doing. He says uh, that he has to know more to decide if his thing is a long haul type relationship. Uh, Ed agrees that, yeah, you need to know her better, but also says that violating her trust might not be the best way to getting to know her better. Uh, but then Ed says that honestly, if Scott hadn't already been knee deep in this thing, when it's when it by the time they, you know, she actually got out of prison, if this was kind of a new relationship, he would probably already be gone. All right, so, who? I mean, I guess just let's let's do it this way: Who gave better advice, Tara Bell or Ed? I think. Ed probably, but that's only because Terabelle has ulterior, ulterior motives. motives. So yep. <laughs> obviously she's gonna say that, but um, even Ed, it was kind of like, yeah, Ed, it's like I get what you're trying to say, but you need a little bit more tough love because I think Scott definitely could walk away from this conversation going, Ed supports what I did. Yeah. It's like, no, Ed supports you getting to know her better. Ed does not support how yes, you got to know her How you get to know her better. Uh, even that's like, I mean, that's just so, that's such a creepy way to think too, right? Oh, it's so creepy. Like, I want to get to know this girl, this woman better, right? Do I talk to her? Do I? I know, talk to her. That's how you get to know people. Or do I, but he's just, or do I dig through her pockets and look at her Facebook and stalk her on Facebook? Because yeah, the ex-boyfriend thing is like next level. Because like you were saying, she's young. So she's like, what, 25 or something? Yeah. So yeah. six years ago. Yeah, she was a teenager. Like that doesn't mean anything. Right. And like just going through her stuff. It just at the end of the day. And it just comes down to that. Like, I don't know why he's interested in being with someone. Because the reason he doesn't talk to her is he doesn't believe anything she says. Right. Like, he right. just thinks she's lying all the time. Like, and so. Yeah. And that's why he doesn't get to know her by talking to her. And I just don't know how you could even start a relationship with somebody like that. That doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah. Well, I think what it really is at the end of the day is that he's really insecure that there is a huge like difference in how they look. Yeah. Right. And so, you know, he feels like she's out of his league. And so because he thinks that she's out of his league, you know, he's suspicious of her. But it's just kind of like, well, then don't date someone who's out of your league then if you're going to be all crazy like that. Yeah. You know, date down if that's how you really feel about right. it. Or I mean, uh, or like everybody else, you should just date on your level. Like that's the idea. Yeah. No, because he because it's that's totally right. Because he just keeps saying, what's wrong with her? There's got to be something wrong with her. Right. Like if, yeah. she, if there wasn't something wrong with her, she would not be with me. There's got to be something wrong with her. OK, like, I'll tell you what's wrong with her. She looks like his teenage daughter when they're sitting on the couch yelling at each other. I was just like, ah, this is I don't so have to do gross. what you say, dad. <laughs> I know. the And like even how she was dressed made her look younger. Yes. Because she's wearing that headband her short shorts her off the uh shoulder t-shirt with like the cheetah print i'm just like what is going on which was funny because it was that that seemed like it was just me that seemed like very like 90s right like oh yeah yeah. but i mean that's coming back have you not noticed oh you haven't been in school mr o because mr o is 100 percent online i have been in school because we are hybrid Mm -hmm. like the 90s are back in full effect I'm talking chokers, Birkenstocks, like Doc Martens, the baggy pants, the stripes. Like it's it's all it's all back. The other thing too is even if I was back in school, my school's a uniform school. 
So I wouldn't. I don't know. Oh, it's, right, I don't really know what style the kids have. So. Oh yeah, the '90s are back in full effect. It's like it weirds me out when I walk. I feel like there may be some um, a bit of a difference in terms of the population of the school that might not map neatly either. Oh sure, sure. Yep, definitely. So I, I think it's weird that he doesn't think it's creepy and weird. Like he's like, it's not creepy and weird. It's like, no, it's 100% creepy well, and weird. The way he puts it is, you know, obviously he puts it in the best light he can. It's like, it's not mm. creepy to want to know if she's lying to me. Like, okay, that. No, but how, but that's what I'm saying. <laughs> like, like how you're going about it. Even Ed says, you know, like, it's not okay. Yeah, it is. It, and it isn't. And it isn't. But. I don't know. Yeah. One thing I have to say, too, about Lindsay is uh, I just feel like she is so acting her ass off. Like, it's gotten to oh, that point. Oh, she is definitely. She is definitely hamming it up. Yeah. Yeah, definitely hamming it up, like, in the interviews, like, even, you know, when she's talking to Scott. And it's just like, what are you auditioning for exactly? Right. I mean, uh, the other thing that bothered me about Scott was the guy thing stuff, and that like like it, and it was similar to when it came out with we you know when with when they had Trump and the and the Access Hollywood tape way back in 2016, mm-hmm. and everybody was like that's just the way guys talk, and I yeah like, locker room talk, but it's not like it's the way some guys talk. That is right. not the way like that is not it doesn't make it acceptable. It sure. doesn't make it acceptable, and it's like it's like like. <sighs> it, it, it I feel like it's like I you know guys have said things like that. To me, it's like it's immediately like the oh, I'm writing. Oh, so you're one of those guys like like. Yeah, it's funny that you bring up Trump because (laughs) right now I think the big thing on Reddit is how Scott is like practically a white supremacist because of a lot of comments he's written on Facebook. Yeah, I mean, I could if you were going to say like, okay, look at the Love After Lockup cast. Who's a Trump supporter? Like Scott is way high on that list. Like. (laughs) Feel like he kind of matches the demographic in general he does like it's a, the age you know. the race the fact yes. that he's like a small business guy like that those are right. all like that uh, he's de- he i could definitely see him in a boat parade definitely oh gosh <laughs> uh, but i'm kind of with Lindsay. like he talks about all this money he has it's like where yeah it, it, uh, it's but it's okay but it's not even the money and that's kind of like some of the issues with some of the you know gross stuff that he posted on Facebook, like things about mm-hmm. like oh you know other ra- other other races are just not civilized enough and things like that. And it's like, dude, your lawn is one foot tall. You have plywood <laughs> on your wall, and you're gonna tell me about somebody else living in living in uncivilized? Come on, man. I was making that comment because uh, Scott's not having a boat. <laughs> Maybe an inflatable one that he paddles around, <laughs> but he doesn't have money for a boat. <laughs> you can get a busted one. I don't know. You know. A rowboat, a canoe, a kayak, perhaps. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you can get all those things. All right. So we did not hear from uh, Brittany and Marcelino. That's correct. Or, uh, yeah. or Lacey and Sean. Lacey and Sean. John. Yeah, yeah we just. We, Sean. We just or Shane. It. Oh, yeah. We've, we've combined it to say Sean, but it's really Shane and John. Shane and John together are Sean. Yeah. No, mm-hmm. that's so funny because in my notes, I literally say Lacey and Sean, like not even realizing, <laughs> oh, wait, those are two different people. All right. So, oh, and we also haven't heard from Vince, Poppy and Amber still. Yeah, I know. I feel yeah. like it's going to be, I hope it doesn't end up like um, the Heather and Dylan, like from last season. Like, like we only had enough well, stuff for like three episodes. Yeah, I kind of feel like their storyline is going to be somewhat short-lived because it's really just about them scamming Vince. Sure. 
trying to get away with stuff. Mm-hmm. I think from the VA office specifically. All right. Uh, so who was your student of the week? Uh, my student of the week, and I kind of went theme-wise, was Lamar. Okay. Right? Just for, I don't know, just doing what he had to do to, like, mm-hmm. you know, make a connection between. Because I feel like it's one of those things that's it's kind of underhanded and he's not being honest about it. But it's like, mm-hmm. but that's what you have to do when you're dealing with Andrea. Like, I know, if you were right? upfront about this, it wouldn't happen. And he's like, so now he's just going to get to the point where it's like, well, she's like, I don't want there to, I don't want my daughter to know her sister. And it's like, well, too bad because she already does. Like, so. Yeah. Yeah. Now you're gonna have to deal with that. So and it, right. but just to, you know, try to make that connection that should exist between his two daughters. Like that just makes a lot of sense. And he's it's he's doing the right thing. Yeah, definitely. I went with a theme this week. I went ancillary characters. So my student of the week is Demark. Okay, it's like he's just keeping it real. He's owning up to his past mistakes. He's trying to you know, use what he's gone through as an example and as a lesson to Chevelle. And, you know, I think there's a reason why Mama Chevelle invited DeMarc over because it's mm-hmm. like he's providing the tough love. Yeah, yeah, yeah. for real. He, he doesn't he doesn't he doesn't sugarcoat it. And just in a way that and you know how it is as a as a teacher, you know, mm-hmm. to, to cause the same similar thing happens when you're a parent. You can say something and say something and say something. And then, like, some guest speaker comes in and says the same thing, and they're all like, oh, I never thought of that. And you're like, it's like, I've only been telling you since day one. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. All right. Uh, what about your dunce? Uh, so, my, so I think my, dump was, my dunce was Andrea. Okay. Um, just for, like, it's she's just such a bully. Yeah, she really is. And, like, and, and when being told she was a bully was like, you're embarrassing me, and bu- just resort to the only thing she knows how to do and bullied more. Like, he was like, he <laughs> yeah. will go on this mission. You will go back and apologize to that guy. Like, so I, 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 I can't stand her. She, I couldn't stand her. She was being a bully this episode. So there you yeah, go. Yeah, definitely. Okay. So going along with my theme, Mike Dunce is Haley. It's like, I don't see how you could fall into the Michael trap knowing like. She's had to have seen the show, right? I know. It's like, have you seen the show? Have you seen all like the despair he has left in his wake? Uh huh. I mean, it's like, and it's, on it's that, not good. On that, that's just like, like, I'm not saying nobody ever gets a bad shake, but you have to have yeah. a little, a, a a a fair bit of skepticism for somebody who's like, oh my my crazy ex is just trying to do this. Like, I know. Anytime like, you see crazy ex, I'm like, I'm gonna need to see like actual I, evidence I need, and I'm gonna need to see it with my receipts. own eyes. Yeah, I need receipts yeah. on that. Like because yeah. we're not it, it, there might be a crazy ex involved. It's not guaranteed right. that it's who you say it is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> All right. What about your life lesson? Um so we we talked about it before and it because it was there was multiple time multiple people we had that had deleted the number right so yeah deleting as i said deleting is not enough you have to like you have to block it and it's not like the definitive even that isn't like a definitive thing it's definitely an act you can do like sean fake deleted like so yeah i know right especially like secondhand watching somebody else delete a number is not definitive proof of anything absolutely because i'll tell you something Okay, because I've done this on my iPhone before. Like, it, just because you delete someone, if you do a search for that person, their number will still come up even though their contact is not saved in. Oh, because it's, it's, like, yeah. it's, it's, it's on iCloud or something? It's backed up I, on the cloud? I have no I idea, know. but I've done that. Yeah. 
Interesting. So yeah, yeah like, like don't trust this deleting the numbers. It takes more yeah. than it takes more than just oh I don't know his number. Like you'll <laughs> oh come on. <laughs> Oh, yeah, call the phone company. Have yeah, them make sure that all, not to school. connect you. <laughs> yeah, I, I actually, you know what? It's funny. I think that we had mentioned it before about how the blocks. I think if you do it that way, uh-huh. and you don't just block it on your device, like you call the phone company and say, "I want this right. number blocked," then they will get a message that says they blocked you. Oh, okay, interesting. But that's like the that you go, you're going over the top now. Oh yeah, and I think you kind of have to provide some evidence or something if you're Possibly. not going to pay for it. Uh-huh. Because I know, like I when I was in college, I had a, a stalker, and so I actually had to change my number. And um, when I called the phone company, it was kind of like I had to tell them that that was my situation for them to like waive the fees. Uh huh. Sure. Yeah. All right, uh, so life lesson. Uh, you have to accept that at the age of 18, regardless of how you view your children, they are legally allowed to make their own decisions. So you might as well mentally prepare for them doing things that you don't necessarily agree with. Right. Andrea. And, I feel like, but I also feel like that's something you have to warm up to. Like you have mm. to warm up for. Like you should be letting them yeah. do things when they're 15 and 16 that you would not have chosen for yourself. Right? Yeah. Well, the uh, thing it, is that she's a control freak and that's why she hasn't done those things. Right. Right. Because, I mean, it, you start, I feel like you start with baby steps, right? You start with mm-hmm. things like, I don't know, like, that, that, like the food you choose or I want to go to this summer camp instead of this one or I want to take this class instead of that class. Yeah. Right. In high school. Like those are things you got to let them decide on their own so that when they're 18, right. they've had practice making decisions before. I know. Like, and you don't just shove them out. Let yeah. go and let God. <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah. All right. So, uh, yeah. Um, did you watch the preview for next week? I did. Okay. I keep, I, they keep teasing. I don't know if it's next week, but they keep teasing uh-huh. the prostitute thing with Scott. Like, that's oh, a, that's yeah, the one I'm like, okay. when is, I feel like it's, that's the, when are we going to get to the fireworks factory part of his season? It's like, when are we going to get to that part? I kind of feel like Lindsay's the kind of person who will be upset just as leverage, but she oh, doesn't really she doesn't care. Really care. Absolutely. Nah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. She's like, ooh, how can I use this to my advantage for later? Exactly. Totally. All right, then. Uh, so it was also weird that we only had a one hour episode this week when the last episode, maybe just because it was a premiere, was two hours. Right. Yeah. I think it was a premiere for two hours and settling okay. into one hour. One hour works much better. Oh, I agree. So it doesn't drag on. Yeah. All right. Well, then we will see you back next week then. That's right. We'll see everybody then. Okay. Okay. Bye. Bye. Bye.